Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we are bringing it to you again this week, of course diving in on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but today specifically, we're going to focus on how this team, this version of the Pittsburgh Steelers, can repeat as AFC North Division champions. Yes, a phrase that was probably unheard of all offseason long, especially from the national media that wanted to rag on this team and say they were this, they were that, they were the other thing, what have you. The Pittsburgh Steelers sitting here now are all of a sudden getting all this love from everyone. Oh, Big Ben looks great. He looked athletic. He looked like he still had a, a big arm. Uh, Najee Harris is special. Pat Fryermuth is special. The offensive line looks better than they thought it would. The defense is still great. On and on and on. Gushing love fest for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Suddenly, the narrative is changing a little bit that perhaps the Steelers are still a pretty dang good team. You heard it on Rich Eisen, uh, what, this past week, where he thought the Steelers were dangerous. Uh, Field Yates from ESPN, uh, he himself said that uh, Pat Farmuth could be one of the best tight ends in the game. If not this year, he could be as soon as uh, his sophomore NFL season. 
it's just one of those things that's kind of uh, kind of growing, one of those voices across the NFL landscape that the Pittsburgh Steelers might actually be something. And Well, I guess unless you're Mina Kimes, who uh, decided to say the offense was average at best, but that was the only uh, bit of hate related to the Steelers over the past uh, week or so, especially as the Steelers sit here right now at 3-0 and in the preseason. Uh, the starters look dominant against Detroit, as they should, uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have also outclassed teams with their depth. So now all of a sudden, people are kind of keying in on this. The Steelers are also are not showing their hand offensively, offensively or defensively. Those playbooks are under lock and key, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen the half of it. So all this stuff, the Steelers look talented. They have these great playbooks. They're continuing to add players. The, the guys look happy. The Steelers are poised to go on a run. But before you can do that, the most important thing you can do and the easiest way to make the playoffs is by winning your division. And by any means, it's not a very easy thing to do. But the Steelers did it last year and they still did it despite a late season collapse. So as we sit here in uh, 2021, here are some ways that the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, are set up to once again become division champions. And really, we kind of have to start by looking at the other teams around the AFC North. We can start at the bottom and work our way up. Of course, Cincinnati, they were clearly the bottom of the AFC North last year. They, they definitely dealt with some injury uh, concerns. Not that the Steelers didn't or any other team, but uh, losing their quarterback for the year, uh, young Joe Burrow, who uh, was kind of poised to be a rookie of the year, poised to break those records that Justin Herbert eventually broke. Uh, he was looking, uh, he was going to be something special. But of course, we know the Bengals have not ever invested in their offensive line and continue to not do that. So uh, Joe Burrow's coming back off that brutal knee injury. He's looked fine in some preseason and training camp play. Uh, training camp play, I should say, uh, more specifically. But uh, aside from that, the Cincinnati Bengals are still a team in development. Their offensive not line needs a, a lot of help. They have they have a good running back in Joe Mixon, but he's got some uh, some mileage on him. Uh, Jamar Chase hasn't looked very special in the preseason, but to be fair, the Bengals have a pretty nice receiving core regardless. Uh, they could have had Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater, but uh, they picked an extra wide receiver, bolstering that room, which eh, it's kind of an iffy pick at this point. We, we know Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and what they can do, but uh, that offense, specifically offensive line, if you want to criticize the Steelers, you absolutely have to criticize the Bengals, who did not do uh, half as much as what the Steelers did to revamp that unit. Defensively, kind of the middle of that Cincinnati Bengals defense is still as weak as ever. They have a nice little secondary going. Of course, they added Mike Hilton and have one of the best safeties in the game and Jesse Bates. They have, a, they have a decent secondary, but some clear holes up the middle. So I think when the Steelers play the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, every AFC North divisional game, any team can win at any time. It's just the nature of the division, the nature of the hate, the nature of how well the coaches know one another. It's just the way it goes. But when the Steelers play the Bengals, I think you'll see a lot of Najee Harris up the middle, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool running those kind of uh, over-the-middle type routes, moving the chains, uh, big, big tight end type games, uh, especially on that uh, from the offensive side defensively 
the Steelers, we know how much uh, they love to blitz. And really the first time and only time the Steelers played Joe Burrow, the Steelers blitzed the snot out of him and made his life miserable. I, I think that's absolutely 100% how uh, the Steelers need to attack the Bengals defensively by sending tons and tons of heat Joe Burrow's way. Past that, they can also, uh, on the offensive side of the football, work things down the middle. They're definitely set up to do that, and really, the Steelers are a better team on paper as we sit here right now and should not have a problem uh, taking down the Bengals. After the Cincinnati Bengals... Uh, the next team on our list, uh, we will take a look at the Cleveland Browns, keeping things in Ohio. We know how good the Browns are uh, supposed to be this year. Uh, they're being hyped up by everyone, every which way, really, as uh, the third best team in the AFC. I still have a hard time seeing that. I don't see the Browns in that echelon with the Bills and the Chiefs right now. It just doesn't, it does not compute for me. They have a lot of talent. There's no problem saying that, especially on the offensive side of the football. They probably have the best offensive line in the entire game. We can admit that. You can look over there. You can look at the, the guys they have from their tackles to their guards to their center. They are solid. The Browns have put together another great offense line. And something, to their credit, is probably the only thing they've been able to do a handful of times in this rebirth Browns era. So they have a good offensive line. We know that. Past them... The next, and really the most important cog in this offense, uh, offensive skill positions is Nick Chubb. He is a top three running back in the NFL. Nick Chubb is unbelievable. He is the engine uh, of that Browns offense. We know how good the offensive line is, but Nick Chubb is a damn good running back. Behind him, Kareem Hunt is also a very, very good running back. Really, if you're ranking NFL RBs, I think a lot of lists would feature both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt within the top 10. That's how good that backfield is. Aside from that, their receiving core, we know the top two guys, Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham Jr., have all pearl potential on any given year, but they really have never quite exceeded or lived up to that potential as Cleveland Browns. Odell Beckham's best years uh, came when he was a New York Giant. Jarvis Landry, you can say the same about him in Miami. So you, you don't really kind of get that, that great stuff out of those receivers despite the name value. Their tight ends are pretty darn good. Austin Hooper, of course, he's starting to age a little bit, but still one of the top tight ends in the game. And David Njoku. And past them, they have plenty of depth at tight end. Let's not forget that one bit. Well, the thing is with the Cleveland Browns, their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, when he's good, that offense is a pretty damn good offense. But he can be such an inconsistent player that teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, can take advantage of them. If you have Baker on a bad day, you can run points up on the Browns. If you if you build a 14-point lead against the Cleveland Browns and force them to throw the ball, that is exactly where you want them to be. We saw that the first time the Steelers played the Browns last year. It was a 35-something uh, rump by the Pittsburgh Steelers after a early possession. Minka Fitzpatrick pick six just put the Browns in the hole, and they, uh, they could never get out of it because, really, the strength of their team running that football. 
Defensively, we know what the Cleveland Browns uh, did this offseason, and a lot of people want to hype, hype up those moves. Of course, John Johnson, the safety. They brought in Jadavian Clowney uh, to pair with Miles Garrett. They drafted Jeremiah Wusu at Koromora. They drafted Greg Newsome. Yes, they added some guys. The thing is... The interior of that Browns defense is still fairly weak. Their D tackles are not that impressive. Their linebackers are fairly athletic, but they're not thumpers. And then again, their edge rushers, we know Miles Garrett is one of, if not the best edge rusher in football, and it's okay to admit that. But on the other side, Jadavian Clowney has not had a good year since he played with J.J. Watt, and that's been a very long time. J.J. or Jadavion Clowney, his only good pass rushing years was when he's playing opposite of J.J. Watt. Perhaps Miles Garrett can pry some of that out of him, but as what we saw in Tennessee, he just isn't that guy anymore. Uh, the Chooks of Corfor had his way with Jadavian Clowney when they played uh, a few uh, weeks back in the 2020 NFL season. Clowney's just not, he's not that he's not that guy anymore, and really, I'm not that scared of him. If I'm the Steelers, I'm just working the football away from Miles Garrett, keeping it up the center of the field, much like what I talked about with the Cincinnati Bengals. Attack the linebackers, attack the middle of the line of scrimmage, churn yards up the field. Miles Garrett can't do it all, especially when you're targeting the guys that are playing on the other side of, uh, of their strength of their defense. On the other side of the ball, what you got to do, first and foremost, is try to make the Browns play from behind and force Baker Mayfield to throw the ball more. And then you pressure Baker Mayfield. You force him into mistakes, and when he makes one mistake, he usually makes another. And then he usually makes another, and another, and another, and another, until the game is over. That's the kind of inconsistency, streaky-type player he is. So when you're playing the Cleveland Browns, First and foremost, if you build a lead, <laughs> you your chances of uh, winning grow significantly. They're not a team that I would be worried about in the slightest, making a crazy comeback. Hopefully those words don't come back to bite me, but that's just genuinely the team they are. They're a team designed to uh, get a lead, and then with their great running game, chew the clock out, and hopefully continue to score points by running the football because they're so successful at it. They're in a big hole. They got to throw the ball. It just isn't happening. Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we will get to the Baltimore Ravens and some other uh, odds and ends here in the second half of the show. But we're going to jump into a quick commercial break and be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Live Mike, and I am Michael Beck. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for the second half 
of today's show. Of course, once again, my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor behind thesteelcurtain.com, bringing it to you once again the first half. We looked at the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals and how the Pittsburgh Steelers can uh, contend and beat them and be better than them on their quest for an AFC North title. The final team that we're going to look at before kind of getting into some odds and ends of training camp is the Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers' bitter rival. Uh, really, the, the teams, the two teams that have put up all the, the division title wins, well, mostly all of them, since the AFC North was birthed, what, way back in 2001 now. So when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens, a lot of people, especially Ravens fans, will uh, kind of question my take on them. But honestly, I think they're a team that has regressed a little bit. Yes, I said regressed a little bit. A lot of people are saying they're also a playoff team that uh, have potential to push for a championship. I don't really see it like that. I see this team as one that's a borderline playoff team. And really, I, I know that's a take that uh, a lot of people will try to jump at, <laughs> jump at my throats for. But at the end of the day, you look at this team, I cannot tell you, look at the, by looking at this roster, I cannot tell you that this is a better team. I just don't see it. On offense, sure, they had a Rashad Bateman. He, he looks like a stud uh, young wide receiver. But aside from that... Ravens don't really have those pass catcher options. Mark Andrews is kind of starting to slow down a bit. Uh, they added Sammy Watkins, who really didn't look like anything in Kansas City, especially at the end there. And he's playing in that high-powered offense. Hollywood Brown has never been a thing in the NFL. The Ravens just don't have the receiving power. As across the board, it's not great. We know Lamar Jackson has some, uh, some inconsistencies with accuracy when he's throwing the ball down the field. It just isn't a good combination. And one of the complaints you also hear a lot from Ravens fans is that their offense coordinator, Greg Roman, doesn't call good games. He doesn't put Lamar Jackson in those in those good situations that he needs to be in to be able to kind of work the ball down the field, uh, utilize his legs, and really kind of work things to their advantage. It was definitely a steep drop-off for him from 2019 to 2020. Lamar Jackson also is a guy that, like any quarterback that struggles with accuracy issues, needs a little bit more time in the pocket. And honestly, the Ravens' offensive line isn't great. And the reports coming out of their training camp are saying it's struggling a lot. I, I mean, we know how much Alejandro Villanueva struggled last year as a Pittsburgh Steeler in his natural left tackle spot. The Ravens are trying to flip him to the right tackle, that run first tackle. A thing that he struggled most with throughout his entire career. They're trying to make him that guy opposite of Ronnie Staley. And honestly, I think Alejandro Villanueva might get Lamar Jackson killed. Maybe he's a double agent and he's still working for the Steelers. But I don't have a lot of faith in their offensive line. I have a feeling they're going to struggle. I, honestly, I think they could have the worst offensive line in the AFC North. And people really aren't talking about it. I, I like their Ben Cleveland pick. He's a beast. But even that... I don't love their offensive line. Uh, right now, the way it's shaping up, they have a de decent left side, but uh, the side that's kind of in the face of Lamar Jackson and what's really going to kind of make him trigger happy, the pass rush he's facing, it's not good at all. That's the side you're going to have T.J. Watt coming over the edge at you. T.J. Watt is going to be playing against Alejandro Villanueva on his offside, wrecking havoc at 
the passer. Really, as a Steelers fan, you kind of have to dream of that matchup. I, I do like the Ravens running back, so to kind of round out their offense, uh, J.K. Dobbins looked uh, pretty good last year. Uh, Gus Edwards, like, we all know the names. They're a pretty solid unit. They're not up there with the Browns. Uh, who knows? I, I don't even know if they'll be up there with Najee Harris, who looks like he's going to be a special treat for your Pittsburgh Steelers uh, coming up this year. But really, you look across the board, it's just not that impressive of an offense. And again, I know what a lot of people might be thinking when they hear that. They they probably won't believe me until week one. Just wait and see. Defensively, I don't really love the situation the Ravens find themselves in currently as well. I think they have a very, very good secondary led by Marlon Humphrey. There's no doubt, no questions about that whatsoever. Their front seven just isn't... It isn't like eye-popping. You look at this group. They lost Matt Judon. Calais Campbell's another year older. Derek Wolf is another year older. Brandon Williams is another year older. All these guys are on the wrong side of 30. They add Justin Will- uh, Justin Houston, another guy on the wrong side of 30. He showed a lot of talent last year still in Indianapolis, but that entire unit is old. Their defensive line is trending in the wrong, wrong direction. We saw it with Campbell and Williams last year. They, they weren't the dominating force at the end of the year that they, they really showed like they were at the beginning of the year. I think teams can have their way with them, uh, especially as the year goes on because they're starting to show their age. The linebackers that the Ravens also feature, Patrick Queen wasn't wasn't the rookie phenom that many thought he would be as a rookie last year in 2020. He just wasn't that guy. LJ Fort, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, who was kind of their third slash starting linebacker there in Baltimore, he just tore his ACL. He's done for the year. They are missing a body there. There is some serious questions. Again, for an AFC North team, this one being the Baltimore Ravens, having significant holes up the middle. In comparison, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, sure, our guys are starting to age, but Stefan Tuitt just had a career year. Tyson Alualu had a career year. Cam Hayward didn't have a career year when it comes to sacks, but he was still a dominating force. And you can see it on tape. Calais Campbell was not that. So the front seven for the Steelers is completely different. And then you look at their two inside linebackers, Devin Bush and Joe Schobert. That's the best pairing middle two linebackers in the division. It's not even close. So really, when you compare all these teams, when it comes to at least middle sevens uh, across the division, the Steelers by far have the best. And really, the Steelers are going to still be up there when it comes to secondary because of the talents of Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden. There's still some question marks that we know for the Steelers when it comes to James Pierre and Cam Sutton, and that's obviously where teams are going to try to challenge this team. But for right now, the Steelers are so loaded everywhere else. If there's only one kind of weak spot, the Steelers would be able to game plan around it. So playing the Baltimore Ravens, What I'd say is most important is put pressure on Lamar Jackson. There are holes on that offensive line, and the receivers aren't great. So one-on-one coverage can work. Having a single high safety, you don't have to to do anything incredibly special. You just have to contain Lamar Jackson. If he can't move the ball, that's their whole offense. It's gone. So it, it really is a perfect world if the Steelers can contain and pressure the snot out of Lamar Jackson. That's the biggest key with the Steelers' defensive side of the football. Offensively, though, 
It's the same old song and dance. Running the football up the gut. Getting some displacement on the old on those old guys, throwing the ball away from Marlon Humphrey. The Steelers still have some really, really good uh, offensive receivers, four deep at uh, wide receiver, and two pretty darn good tight ends. And Pat Farmuth has, of course, got that uh, very, very high potential. So the Steelers have have the players to really kind of work against what uh, the other teams around this division have for them. So right now, the Steelers, in my opinion, are sitting pretty and have a significant chance at repeating as division champions, especially being the underdog that people certainly are not talking about. The team that so many want to say are the third third best at best in this division. I think those people are nuts. The Steelers have a legit and good shot of winning the AFC North. But the biggest X factor here by far is health. If the Pittsburgh Steelers can somehow manage 17 games and avoid any serious injury, I don't see how they're not winning the division. And honestly, the same probably goes for the Browns. And even then, the Ravens would be in contention as well. We know how tough the Steelers' schedule is. The Browns' schedule is equally as hard. So is the Ravens. Like, everyone is going through the ringer. It, It comes down to winning the divisional games. And if they're the healthy team, especially as we get into those uh, winter months, that's when uh, stuff is really going to swing into teams' favor. So that about wraps things up for that kind of portion of the show. Just to get into some other odds and ends for training camp and what we've kind of looked at well, throughout uh, throughout this kind of time now, of course, the Steelers are sitting at 3-0 with the Carolina Panthers on the schedule Friday night, uh, 7.30 Eastern, the final preseason game of uh, the Steelers' uh, schedule before getting into the regular season and facing the Buffalo Bills. This is all exciting, but a report as per Jerry Dulac, the Pittsburgh Steelers are kind of uh, planning on making a deal with TJ Watt official after the final preseason game. And something I've kind of talked about, it, it's a total veteran move by TJ Watt to not sign a deal until practice or training camp is over. (laughs) That way he doesn't have to do any of the crazy stuff, doesn't have to play in any of the meaningless games. We know how good he is, but then he still gets his contract done after all. TJ Watt goes in the season 100% healthy. He's still that talent that we know he is. Yada, yada, yada. Everyone stops talking about that contract hold in. And we get this talented player at 100% health. Past that, we still know the Pittsburgh Steelers have a ton of money. The amount of time it's kind of taken for anything to get off the ground, I feel like if the Steelers are making any other outside moves, it will come in the final batch of releases after that kind of final training camp game. I suppose a trade could be possible. I think the Steelers might look to trade out some players that are thinking about cutting because uh, they do have some guys with some value. Even a Jordan Berry, who uh, has struggled in years past, is really punting some of the best football of his career right now. And we saw Brad Wing net the Steelers a uh, seventh-round pa- seventh round pick a few years back uh, when Jordan Berry originally beat him out for the job. So perhaps the Steelers might be able to mine a little bit of value out of some of their uh, some of their kind of depth pieces that aren't going to make the team regardless. So I would look for some some more moves. I think this is going to be a fairly busy, uh, what, two-week period uh, thereabouts for Kevin Colbert. The Steelers, clearly they have cuts on the horizon. Those are uh, always interesting to see uh, which uh, names of that we the most average fan knows uh, ends up on the chopping block. Hopefully some bigger name uh, prize free and the Steelers put themselves in a position to uh, add 
someone else to this roster and really bolster this team and push for a Super Bowl like we know they are trying to do. So, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, that is about it for today's edition of the Live Mike Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in once again, and I want to remind you to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, from film rooms to commentary to breaking news, you name it, it's there. Click over to the website. And finally, make sure you're listening to the entire family of Behind the Steel Curtain podcast. There are over 25 original titles dropping each and every week for you. No other site can say they have that much content coming your direction, and that's exactly what we're providing you all on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you're a fan of this team, you love the black and gold, make sure you're dialed in, not only the website, but on the podcast platform from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor. Thank you for tuning along. We will catch you guys next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.